0: My lovely wife, not the lovely co host. So the lovely co host could be my wife, and my wife could be the lovely co host. I'm not picky about who's burning dinner. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4. Radio Network Podcast.
1: Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. I like making people laugh.
0: That's it's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And
2: I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in. And brace yourself! Oh yeah! Now we uh, we talked about our Dirty Acres giveaway uh, for our uh, our Friday episode, and uh, I'm going to break tradition here. We normally would only announce this in the newsletter, but I think this is a really big one that you should know. Uh, our next next entire giveaway is coming up this week. <gasps> it may be this show, but it probably isn't. But it's this week. Could <laughs> be. We wanted to save this until after September 24th, so in case we didn't come back, uh, we didn't have to give away another set of tires.
0: (laughs) But we made it, and here we are, and we're going to celebrate by giving away a set of tires. That's right.
2: In the
0: next few episodes. Could be this one. Hopefully. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. If you can hear the sound of my
2: voice. So, you know, if the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com
0: if it's still up. Hopefully. If it's up, then you're listening to this and we're good welcome to the show jeeper i'm josh and on this episode i'll be sharing a story about a jeeper who had too close of a call for comfort and this all-woman jeep event is back i've got the details about why this year is special and the carolinas just got a smackdown of judicial proportions we'll get into how this may affect your jeep or somebody you know later in the show i'll be talking about the three most important angles every jeeper should know
1: about and hey this is chuck and i went and test drove three different trim level gladiators oh my new beginning for me it really is yeah it's a it's a big deal like uh i had a listener he kept hounding me so (laughs) i think he uh i think he got me so i went and test drove a lot a lot of different ones. i had the dealer they put them all out there and uh i got in one liked it a lot it's, it hard, it's hard it's hard not to yeah it's hard not
2: to like that stuff it, they're making some really really nice uh, jeeps it's new is just so uh new new there we go uh, i don't try this at home i'm a professional yeah. <laughs> i'm tony and well are you there can you hear me did we make it Could it be, you know, I'm thinking about time zones and stuff. Could it be that uh, the September 24th, September 24th is on a Saturday. So if you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means we made it. Is that right? Am I thinking of it right?
1: I think so.
0: Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Oh my god, did you guys see this one? This is the final destination movie type of stuff right here, and it involves not one jeeper, but two. The accident happened around 8 a.m. on Wednesday, September 21st in Angelina County, Texas. According to the reports, a semi-truck hauling logs was heading north on Highway 69 at the intersection of Farm to Market Road 326 when it began to make a right turn. The forces involved in the turn caused the logs to shift, and one of them to swing out off the trailer and enter another lane. That's when a 2014 Jeep Cherokee drove right into it. The log came through the Jeep's windshield on the passenger side, smashing through the Jeep and exiting out of the driver's side rear window. The impact was so severe, it caused the Jeep to spin violently, resulting in the vehicle pulling the log off of the trailer. This is when a 2018 Jeep Wrangler then collided with the 2014 Jeep Cherokee. The driver of the 2014 Jeep, a 32-year-old woman, was transported to a nearby hospital for treatment, and her condition is currently unknown at the time of this recording. The driver and passenger of the 2018 Jeep were not hurt, and the 46-year-old trucker was also unhurt in the incident, which is currently still under investigation. Look at that picture, guys.
1: That that this is just scares the shit
0: incredible. I mean, that is like a telephone pole-sized log, equally in length and girth as well, that is through that Jeep. I mean, through it like a like a toothpick yeah. through an olive.
2: I've been told that the girth is the most important important part. Perhaps <laughs> <For F's> say. <sake. laughs> well, and I was just going to say, I hope Josh says what time of day this happened because I I thought immediately uh, my uh, my prowess well, eight, eight, as a yeah, marketer. You see how
0: long the the shadow is in the
2: picture? E- exactly. So I would rename the story, especially for the show notes. Morning wood. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> didn't see it coming folks he didn't see it coming and, and that's what she said <laughs> i didn't even see it
0: coming. Oh, well played tony well played
2: <laughs> and, and you know strangely enough the grand cherokee owner was on their way to the auto parts place to get one of those pine-scented pine- uh, refreshing thing, air Never fresheners. Again.
0: Never
2: again. <laughs> and now, they don't have to worry about it, because this has that freshly cut wood smell. They're
0: not even putting a toothpick in their mouth What's
2: anymore? the damn odds that that a, another Jeep would run into this Jeep? <laughs> yeah, seriously. No just, <laughs> oh, no. I was just thinking, this is great
0: that it wasn't a Wrangler that got hit, but then you had to screw up that story, that hope. Uh, yeah, Yeah, so yeah this I, I if somebody's got dash cam footage of this happening, i I would love to see it. I mean, I just morbid curiosity, uh, you yeah. know uh, strictly for the sake of that. but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad there's no fatality. Yes, here. at least nobody lost their life. Uh, but still, definitely an incident, I'm sure, that uh, the driver of that first Jeep is never going to
2: forget it. So, Chuck, in your construction company, you do a lot of driving of the, the 18-wheeler. This has to be, I mean, I don't think you carry logs, but uh, as you're surely this is one of your worst nightmares, having a load shift and come off and uh, damaging uh, uh, vehicles uh, and potentially hurting individuals.
1: Yeah, this scares the shit out of me. I mean, I, I haul a lot of different stuff, a lot of equipment for the, the construction company, but... You know for the ranch we haul a lot of oil fill pipe you know oh, four inch two and yes. seven eighths two and three yeah. i get it down out of oklahoma and then bring it up and you know my um my four and a half inch pipe you know those are 44 foot joints and there you cannot move them i mean they're incredibly heavy and this shit scares i mean it just scares me so bad and tony i mean you're aware what was it about three months ago I was uh, hauling a piece of equipment off of a farm, you know, farm property onto another one. And uh, I actually had an axle rip completely off of no, my trailer. Mm-hmm. Rip the airbags, the axle, everything. Uh, dude, you talk about scaring the shit out of a guy. You know, and I, I closed the interstate for hours because I was all the way across it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really long with everything put together. And I, brag. I am so afraid of <laughs> something falling off or, or hurting somebody. Like, I don't think I could ever... Live with myself. Yeah, that, beyond you know, the I financial side I mean, of it, you just up. don't want to have injured somebody.
0: You'll you'll appreciate this one, Chuck. I, I was uh, uh had to go pick up a propane tank. Except the uh, seller of this propane tank, and I'm I'm not I'm not talking about one you hook your barbecue up to. I'm talking about you know one that's like eight feet long, uh, you know good you know two and a half three feet in diameter, uh you know one that goes on the side of a house or a building, uh that type of uh, propane tank. And uh, the owner, uh, the seller of Hi, this, Leonard didn't Gow. have. Didn't have anything to, um, uh, to lift it with. Uh, and so we had to bring our own forklift. And uh, we've got a, an old 1977 Dotson forklift. It's a royal piece of crap, but, uh, but it gets the job done. And uh, so I, I go there, I, I get the propane tank, get it loaded, get the forklift loaded and everything, and, uh, and off I go. Uh, and I'm not even out of, uh, of the, uh, the industrial park when one of my chains comes loose on the forklift and it moves forward about two feet. <laughs> and, and it's like that, that moment no. of the forklift is in motion there's a propane tank in front of it and I haven't stopped yet you know and it's just like <gasps> what's going to happen okay god thank god you know yeah. and it was one of those things where it's just like uh, that, the load came they loose things shifted off. more than they should and, and yeah and I wasn't even going that fast but I was in the process of slowing down and coming to a stop when that chain let loose and yeah that was, that was not fun
1: I got rear-ended by my own Jeep one time. I was uh, about 18 years old and I was in, uh, Harold, California. That's uh old, uh, cowboy country for all my California listeners out there. It's uh Harold is pretty, sh- pretty bitching, but I had my, I had a 59 Willie CJ five that we were changing the transmission. Uh, I had a Muncie four speed in it and I wanted to put a T 18 in it. So I had it strapped down to a, you know, a little 11 foot, you know, bumper pull, and, uh, I was taking a corner and the, I had pretty good suspension on that Jeep and the Jeep kind of went down and bumped down a little bit and the strap undone. Well, there's no transmission in it. So, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> it you can't, I mean, there's nothing to stop the Jeep. So I yeah. come up to, you know, to the corner and I put the brakes on and my Jeep rear ended me. I mean, it went right off the trailer into the tailgate of my truck and then the front tires went in between you know where the triangle part goes to the, you know, to the, to the little ball on your, on your hitch or, or whatever. Tires went in between that, shifted sideways. I mean, the Jeep cannot move on its own power. I mean, it, it doesn't have a transmission. Yeah. No. And now I'm on a blind corner, and it was like oh, 5 o'clock or something. Man. So people started, you know, zipping around. Oh. And it was a SMUD guy, which is Sacramento Municipal oh. Utility District guy. He was a telephone pole truck. Oh, he had a lineman and he truck. rolled yeah. through, and he looked oh. at lineman truck he stopped and he used his his big lineman crane thingy that they yep. used to you know put the power poles in and out and he just grabbed my roll cage put my, and put my jeep back on my trailer and some awesome. lady came by and it's typical california. yeah so typical california you know this lady comes by and she's cussing at us going do you There's think your- this is yeah. an appropriate place to do this <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I just got rear-ended by this guy. You know, I mean, whoever this asshole is with this jeep just rear-ended me. You know, <laughs> I love that smud guy. I looked at him and I said, "How much beer do you want?" And it, I was 18; I couldn't buy it. He, and uh, he looked at me and he goes, "No, brother, just pass it on." And I was like, "Dude, thank you so much." How, uh, much
2: I, how much beer? How much beer do you want? And would you get me some while you're getting it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: World's best shoulder tap. There yeah. it goes.
2: That's <laughs> uh, a cool story, man. Talk about uh, being in the right place at the, or the, the wrong place at the right time.
0: Now, this is, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I, I love off-road racing. I don't know about you guys. Um, I, I think it's one of the best spectator sports that there is. And, and next to the internationally famous events like you know King of the Hammers, Baja 1000, there's a lot of other events as well. And, and this is certainly uh, amongst the, the top of, uh, of the echelon here. It's called the Rebel Rally. Rebel Rally. Thank you. And, and it's, it's right around the corner. Rebel Rally is the first women's only off-road navigation rally race in the United States. Uh, it blends the love of off-road driving with the ultimate challenge of precise navigation. The, the Rebel Rally tests driver skills of over eight days of competition. It's not a race for speed, though, uh, but it's unique uh, and demanding event based on the elements of headings, hidden checkpoints, time, and distance using maps, compass, and roadbook. Now, Jeep is sending three factory teams this year in Wrangler 4XEs to the Rebel Rally for 2022. The brand hopes to defend the victories it earned in the overall electrified and bone stock classes in the years prior. According to Jim Morrison, Senior VP and head of the Jeep brand for North America and a man that we had here on the Jeep Talk Show I know that guy. Yeah. (laughs) The Rebel Rally is the ultimate proving ground for Jeep's electrified future. Jeep is supporting three teams composed of some amazing women, including last year's first place winners, Nena Barlow and uh, Teralyn uh, Peterate, I'm, I'm probably butchering that name, and a Navajo team that includes Jeep employee Caitlin Mulkey. Impressively, all three titles won in, 21, uh, in 2021 were earned by a single team, which is returning for the 2022 event. So the competition is going to be extremely intense. Made up of Nina Barlow and Terrain uh, Peter Eat, Team 4X eVenture, I, 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 whatever they're calling themselves, have earned 10 class wins and 9 podiums at the event, which first took place in 2015. The automaker Jeep will be represented in more than just its factory teams. The sold-out event will have 60 teams participating, nearly a third of which will be competing in privately-owned Jeep vehicles. That's, you know, something to say about, you know, Jeeps off-road and racing, right? Taking place from October 6th through the 15th, the 2022 running of the Rebel Rally will start in Incline Village, Nevada, and finish in the famous Imperial Sand Dunes in Southern California after a grueling 1,500 miles of off-road driving. If you'd like to learn more or are interested in participating, possibly next year, we'll have the link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com.
1: Yeah, Josh, I first heard of this uh, when I first started listening to the show. You guys chatted about this, I think... Uh well, I don't know what episode it was, but um yeah, this is absolutely totally cool. And Incline Village, uh if anyone is any of the listeners are gonna go, Incline Village is Lake Tahoe. It is absolutely gorgeous. What a great, great place to, to start this race. You know, this is suit this is super cool.
2: It's the only place in the world where it is literally uphill to school both ways. That's that's how it got its name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh jeez. I, I dated a, Oh, I, I dated a girl that lived in Incline Village. Yeah, and she was really really fun. It's uh it's definitely a snow bunny place. So if you like snow bunnies, go to Incline Village in the winter time. It's always worth it.
2: So let me make a guess here. Was her name Eileen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's not why I'm calling. Her mom? <laughs> Her mom's name was. <laughs> oh well, that's a, a story for pet, Penthouse Forums. All right, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, uh, if you, uh, we, we've if interviewed. You would, yeah, we've interviewed some uh, a couple of the people that uh, have been in the Rebel Rally, and uh,
0: I think we may be doing another one soon. That would be really cool. In the meantime, if you, the listener, would be interested in in hearing a little bit of inside information about the Rebel Rally, what it's like from the inside. Uh, This event, well we had an uh, interview I think it was back in 2017 Episode 304 Episode 304, we had an interview with Coralie Lack, she's a Jeeper of course And a Rebel Rally competitor She gave us uh, some time and told us uh, All about this event and uh, gave us some Inside information about what it's like uh, And stuff, so if you want to get the uh, the inside track Want to learn a little bit more about that Listen to episode 304 and of course check out The link that we have in the show notes for this episode At JeepTalkShow.com now I started, uh, this, uh, started this episode talking a little bit about some news out of the Carolinas. And, uh, and look, now, I'm, I'm no fan of regulation. To be honest, I mean, there was probably part of my life where I, I could have been labeled a full-on anarchist. But uh, sure, there's time, manner and place for, for regulation in, in, in everything. But in the world of automobile customization uh, and a, a, a genre that I actually worked in for, for nearly a decade, uh, you know I usually believe it should be hands-off. You know, just don't touch it, man. Uh, but there is one trend, however, that I absolutely draw the line at. And for those south of the Mason Dixon line, you may be familiar with what this is. What this is arguably the worst vehicle modification trend to hit the scene since people started using truck nuts. Now, worse than eyelashes on a Wrangler. This uniquely stupid suspension (laughs) modification makes it appear like you started a lift kit install and then just quit halfway through, (laughs) leaving the front of the vehicle, typically a, a truck or an SUV, riding significantly higher than the rear. The trend is often accompanied by grossly oversized wheels with way too much backspacing and barely any tire at all, resulting in a very distinctive, albeit horrifically unattractive, look. This makes it look like you have hydraulics and are squatting the rear end, but in actuality, you're just a poser making up for shortcomings with your mini mini me bro dozer. It's known as the Carolina squat, and it is utterly ridiculous. Not a single panty has been dropped because of this, and I bet 90% of the people doing this modification don't know the first thing about re-aiming headlights. And they wouldn't see it because they can't
2: see over the, the hood to see the panties if they were dropped.
0: <laughs> yeah. and, and now, as if to prove that I am always right, the state of North Carolina has just passed a bill that makes doing this mod to your vehicle illegal as all hell. Now, personally, I think it should be punishable by public flogging if found done to a Jeep, but that's just my two cents. Now, in order to curb the spread of this, and I'm going to say it, retarded trend, (laughs) police are now actively measuring vehicles to check for illegal amounts of squat. Way to go, all you over there in Carolinas. Now your state patrol officers now have to carry a tape measure on their hip instead of a gun. Bolstered by a series of photos shared to Facebook showing a North Carolina police officer taking a tape measure to a squatted Toyota 4Runner, this is now reaching viral status, and rightly so. You damn Toyota owners need to be taken down a notch or two. But I again digress. Now putting my opinions of this trend's appearances aside, there is a serious concern of the safety of the Carolina Squat as well. Now first off, with such a heavily canted vehicle, the handling is going to be borderline ruined, reducing the likelihood of any successful evasive maneuvers in an emergency situation. Additionally, pointing the front of the vehicle so high up in the air significantly reduces visibility, which of course could lead to accidents if the driver can't see the cars in front of them. And who drives bro-dozers more than anybody? Short men. There you go. And finally, if an accident does occur, whatever the squatted vehicle hits will get wedged underneath of it instead of striking it square on. God forbid the smart car or lowered Honda that gets rear-ended by one of these. According to the North Carolina's new bill, the front of any vehicle can be no higher than four inches above the rear. More specifically, an offense would be incurred, quote, if the suspension, frame, chassis, or the height of the front fender is four or more inches greater than the height of the rear fender. End quote. taken directly from the bill. And they're not messing around with this new law, either. Drivers found with an illegal amount of squat on their vehicle run the risk of losing their license for a full year. And if found violating this law more than once, well, I've heard that vehicle confiscation and revocation of driver's licenses will be the punishment for repeated offenders. So, for those of you in North Carolina with a squatted Jeep, I warned you, now the law is coming for you too.
1: I would hate to be the sorry son of a bitch on the oncoming lane with these headlights pointed straight up at your face. Thank you. Like, think of that for a second. Like, what retard thinks it's a good idea to put their headlights above everything else? Like, I, I don't know about you, Josh, but when I tow stuff, if, if I don't have, like, some aftermarket airbags or something in the back of my truck, you throw a gooseneck in there, man, you are getting flashed all freaking night i'm sure sure these stupid bastards get flashed all the time like this is and i'm a car guy like i there is not a car out there that i don't like this is the ugliest shit i've ever seen in my life (laughs) this is terrible
0: so jeeps are meant to have a certain look yeah and this look that you're imparting on this poor vehicle is not meant for that vehicle. The lines don't work. The suspension doesn't work. The geometry is just not there. I'm sorry, but you're doing it to the wrong rig, man. So, I'm seeing that
2: this law may have some unintended consequences. And hear me out on this. So, if you have a loved one, maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's just a good friend of yours that's in the 600 plus pound range, you could actually get uh, ticketed simply because of poor uh, placement of them in the vehicle.
0: No, Uncle Bob, get out really quick. Uh, patrol officer, measure now. Okay, we're yeah. good. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. You gotta walk home now. So, you.
2: because of our new woke culture, I didn't go with the fat chicks thing because you know that's why I threw the uncle everybody else in there because not not everybody's skinny, you know. <laughs> yeah, fat chicks are cool. Oh, I yeah. like them. Yeah, they. Uh, uh, there's gonna be a lot McDonald's, of dieting going on. In McDonald's is perfectly fine uh, when you take a, a fat chick out.
0: But yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I reported on this trend a number of years back. I, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I ranted about my angst uh, over this uh, then. And you, never to- rant, you never rant. I don't know who <laughs> that was. Not the Josh. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see this ridiculous trend finally getting, uh, getting its due. It's, it's just desserts. Uh, this, this is just, it's, it's gone on far too long. Uh, it, it's time to come to an end. And, and finally, thankfully... Other people are, are seeing the light as, as I have, and uh, and this will come to an end, hopefully, sooner than later. But. Well, Jeeper, if you have a news tip response to any one of our stories, I love hearing what you guys have to say, especially about crazy stories like this. Uh, head over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and you want to use the slash contact there, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. There you will find out all the different ways you can re- uh, re- interact with the show. Reach out to us and let us know what you have to say. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Oh, you most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And did you know we have the best collection of the world's best off-road podcasts all in one place? It's at the 4x4radionetwork.com website. The On the Trail podcast. We've got the Center Steer podcast. Trail Chasers. Even the Jeep Talk Show is there, along with the world-famous 4x4 podcast. Lots of great off road shows. It's all for free. Did I mention that part as well? And all you have to do is go to 4x4radionetwork.com. That's the number four, letter X, the number four, radionetwork.com. 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there.
2: I'm so proud we're part of the 4x4 radio network. And uh, this warms the heart.
0: Hey, coming up in Tech Talk,
2: Josh breaks down the off road angles every Jeeper should know about. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. Well, people, it, we made it. I mean, my God, I didn't think we were going to. I mean, once the Simpsons predicts it, you know how that goes. So, But we made it. And if you were one of the, uh, the individuals that listened to us on the Friday episode and sent us all your worldly goods, uh, thank you and no refunds. No returns. No returns. <laughs> Josh saw that one coming. <laughs> uh, Jeep parts uh, accepted in lieu of payment. <laughs> so you can go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact as always and find out all the ways that you can, uh, uh, you know, uh, be, pick, become a paid subscriber or buy some of those uh, Rat Bastard toe tags. People love
0: them. Uh, it's, yeah, become one of our infectious agents yes. help us spread the word about the Jeep Talk Show. Kind of like with that ducking thing, uh, but it's it's much better. That's Oh, Seriously, when you get a Rat Bastard toe tag on your Jeep... Uh, it's way better than just somebody slapping a duck on your hood. Come on now, we gotta, become an infectious agent today. We got
2: to start uh, spraying those with something really foul-smelling. You know, that just that would just uh, round it, uh, tie it into an nice knot. I would say little.
0: go the o- polar opposite and, and like like fresh-baked cookies or something like. that. Oh. And they approach their jeep, and it's like I mean, like somebody slapped them with a wet bag of cookies. And and it's just like that, that doesn't sound right. Wait a minute, where's that? Where's that coming from? And they notice this rat on their on their door or something like that. What the hell? This is the best smelling dead rat I've ever had. You know. So it's.
2: Josh, that triggered right, me. Out. That reminded me of a horrible situation where I uh, passed out in a, a truck stop and woke up, uh, in the horrible, most horrible way. And it wasn't the cookie smell.
0: No, your face looked like a glazed donut. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> The mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just want to tell you that Wendy, my lovely wife, not the lovely co host, so the lovely co host could be my wife, and my wife could be the lovely co host. I'm not picky about who's burning dinner. Yeah, she was (laughs) just in an accident and broke her (laughs) finger. But on the other hand, she's totally
2: fine.
0: That's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I couldn't figure out how to fasten my seatbelt and then it just clicked.
2: <laughs> New production value. Yeah, I know. It's you.
0: one of those days. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. Oh, so much to do about nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I remember this picture. This was a cool picture and you'll know what I'm talking about here in just a second uh, when we get into this uh, this next segment.
0: <laughs> you got tech questions uh, what do i have a, we have answers oh that's good I can, I, it's tech talk with jeep right talk. now here in the tech talk segment i often draw, delve into topics ranging from components on your jeep to how to fix them and, and even mod them in some cases to get the most out of what you're trying to do Instead of a how-to or a deep dive into a particular component or system on your Jeep, I'd like to focus for a minute on the importance of angles and how, these speci- how three specific angles can actually make or break your Jeep's ability to perform off-road. Now, everybody knows that the, uh, <laughs> the angle of the dangle is reversely proportional to the height of the mate, munch. but that's not why I'm calling, nor are these angles wh- what we're talking about here either. The angles I'm talking about, the three most important angles every jeeper should be familiar with, is Approach Angle, Breakover Angle, and Departure Angle. These terms may be foreign to you, and and that's okay. They don't exactly teach this stuff in school, but they are easy to understand once you wrap your head around the principles behind them. And it's easy stuff too, so don't let the big words fool you. Now why this stuff is important is twofold, actually. First off, having an understanding of these terms, what they mean, and how they can be applied to your specific Jeep will make you a much more observant and better informed wheeler. You'll be able to pick lines better and will be better, more informed about the capabilities and limits of your own rig. And secondly, knowing what this stuff means is going to give you an upper hand in selecting aftermarket gear and the kinds of mods you want or should be doing to your Jeep. Okay, so I can hear your eyes glazing over from here, so let's put this into a real world example just for the sake of argument. Having a good understanding of approach and departure angles means that you'll know just what that new winch bumper you've got your eyes on is going to do to your approach angle. Or let's say you're in the market for a new lift. Well, now you may know what a particular lift is going to mean for your breakover angle. Having this information will save you the embarrassment, time, and cost of selecting something like a bumper that actually diminishes your Jeep's ability to conquer an obstacle. It can happen, trust me. So what's this stuff mean anyways? Well, let's all break it down. We're going to do it from the front of your jeep to the back. Approach angle is up first. It's defined as the maximum angle of ramp or obstacle onto which a vehicle can climb from a horizontal plane without interference. It is defined as the angle between the ground and the line drawn between the front of the tire and the uh, front of the front tire and the, uh, the, the lowest hanging part of the vehicle at the front overhang. So imagine drawing a line from the bottom of your front tire to the lowest part of your front bumper. Measuring that angle in relation to the ground is what we're talking about here. That is your approach angle. So for a visual exercise, imagine driving your Jeep towards a ramp. If the ramp is too steep, well the front bumper will hit the ramp like a wall before the tires are able to reach it. So what are some of the things that can affect approach angle the most? Well your lift height and tire size will certainly play a big role here, but the position of your tire also makes a huge difference, as well as what that front bumper looks like. Now, we've seen those videos of a buggy that can literally climb a wall. Well, that's only because the front of, the, of those front tires stick out further than the front of the vehicle or its bumper. If you have a stubby front bumper that is small, doesn't stick out the sides too far, and has a low-profile cross-section, well, then your approach angle is likely going to be better than it was when the rig was stuck. But if you have a large front bumper with quarter panel or fender protection and a built-in steering box guard, well, there is a good chance that your approach angle is going to be a little bit worse than it was when the Jeep was in its stock form. But let's say that the lift kit that you're looking at doesn't give you the ability to adjust the front wheel position after installation. Lifting the Jeep away from the axle actually moves the axle backwards, diminishing the approach angle. If that kit doesn't have the proper adjustability to it, then you can actually be hurting your jeep's performance off-road with the lift kit that you choose. Now breakover angle moves our attention from the front of the jeep to its belly. The breakover angle is the maximum possible supplementary angle, usually expressed in degrees, that a vehicle can drive over without the apex of that angle touching any point of the vehicle other than the wheels. OK. What this means is pretty simple. I know it kind of was a jumble of words there, but this comes down to basically how steep or shallow of a triangle-shaped wedge that you could drive over before the top point of that wedge would come in contact with the underside of the Jeep or cause you to high center. If that still doesn't make sense, then it just basically means that the bigger the angle, the more extreme objects that you can drive over. The bigger the breakover angle, the better. And basically it comes down to a measurement of the height of the vehicle in relation to its wheelbase. Let's take this for instance, two Jeeps of identical lift and tire size, with the only difference being wheelbase. This, for instance, a two-door JL and a two-door JLU, uh, or, and a four-door JLU, with uh, all things uh, you know, the same as far as the tires and uh, the lift and everything else. The shorter Jeep, the two-door Jeep, will have a better breakover angle than the four-door Jeep. But don't confuse this with ground clearance. Breakover is different from ground clearance in that ground clearance is the shortest distance between the ground and the lowest point on your Jeep. So, for instance, the ground clearance of a Dana 35 is completely different than that of a Dana 44, but neither one has any effect on breakover angle. Got it? Okay, good. Alright, let's finish up in the rear. And I know that there's a that's what she said joke in there somewhere, but anyways. <laughs> Departure angle. Is, uh, is the counter, uh, counterpart to approach angle, and it occurs at the rear end of the vehicle. Departure angle is defined as the maximum ramp angle from which the vehicle can descend without damage. Think of it just like the front bumper visual exercise we did, except imagine driving your Jeep down off of a ramp or a, you know, obstacle uh, in- instead of coming up to it. If your Jeep has a trailer hitch below the bumper, well, then likely that is what's going to be the last thing that contacts the ledge that you come down off of. Because it is the lowest, rearmost point of the jeep. The lower that receiver is, or the more your rear bumper protrudes from the back of the vehicle, the worse your departure angle will be. Think of it like this. Here's another visual exercise. The departure angle of a wrangler is far better than the departure angle of a gladiator, strictly because of how much the jeep, how much of the jeep protrudes past the rear of the tire. Things that affect your departure angle the most will be things like, well, of course, the wheelbase, obviously. And how far the back of the rear tire is in relation to the rear bumper and of course that rear bumper and trailer hitch are also going to be big factors as well and for that matter so is the rear tire carrier. Now this may not come up into play too much for your average weekend wheeler or the Jeep out on the sand or up in the hills catching a view but if your plan is to go to places like Moab or the Rubicon or you plan on wheeling on trail systems or in parks with lots of rocks and ledges you're gonna want to pay attention to this stuff as it could make all the difference between carnage and making it through the trail unscathed. Now, these terms, among literally hundreds of others, can be found in the Jeep Talk Show glossary of off-road terminology as well. It is by far the world's most comprehensive list of off-road terminology anywhere, and it can be only only it can only be found on the Jeep Talk Show website.
1: Yeah, Josh, my buddy Matt, I actually just had a conversation with him because you know I'm starting to get interested in these newer Jeeps, and the Gladiator is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. and uh, matt's real big on the jeep jamboree jeep jamboree there on the rubicon and he said the first thing you buy is the belly skid plates he oh, said sure. oh my goodness chuck he it's not like a cj he said you oh, drag God. your belly over everything because that gladiator is you know, like yeah. 37 feet all third long or something yeah it's he said the break over on that gladiator is absolutely atrocious And he says, you actually have to learn how to wheel again. He said, I will have a hard time if if I do buy a Gladiator, which I I don't really, I probably can't ever afford one. But um, if I ever do buy one, he said, I will have to learn how to wheel again. It's that, that breakover angle is so much different. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was just yeah. going to mention that, that for, for uh, you, uh, the folks out there that maybe have heard us talking about it, about uh, the uh, the departure angle. That is one of the main negative things about the Gladiator because it uh, sticks out so far from the rear wheels. And uh, it's so long, what Chuck was just talking about, it's so long that uh, the bottom of the, the Gladiator gets closer to the, 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 the breakover point, the, the peak, if you will. So uh, all those things uh, come into uh, come into play when you go off-road. doesn't mean you can't go off-road. It just means you have to do different things. And l- relearning how to go off-road in a different vehicle isn't initially a bad thing. It actually can be fun because something that you knew and you were very good at, now you're
1: being challenged again. Yeah, I had to learn how to wheel again with the Scrambler because the departure angle on the Scrambler is almost identical to the departure angle on the Gladiator. And of course I had a CJ5 before that that has you know almost you know an 85 degree departure angle cuz it's so small you know and um yeah you're 100% right like I I went from the 5 to the Scrambler the Scrambler I had to completely teach myself again cuz that departure angle was just gnarly like I did some real bad stuff back there cuz I just <laughs> forgot you know I had that big old caboose you know yeah, the
0: wheelbase difference between a CJ7 and a Gladiator is, is nearly four feet. It is, it is about 40 inches difference between the Gladiator and a CJ7 in wheelbase. That's, that's incredible. And if you think that it's not going to have a significant effect on, on things like breakover angle, uh, yeah, you've got another thing coming because, yeah, that, that's going to make all the difference in the world.
2: Now I know that the Gladiator, the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, has only really done mild, mild wheeling, but I've been very, very impressed with uh, the things I can get up and over uh, on, and uh, it, it, I, it's it really been made me very happy that I've gotten it, and it's a great off-road rig, uh, and I'm glad that you, uh, Chuck, that you mentioned the, uh, the the skid plate, the armor. I am looking at the MotoBuilt uh, skid plate system. Uh, for my Gladiator. And uh, it, it's around $1,400 worth of uh, armor. But boy, it is just gorgeous. And it covers everything from uh, the, uh, the oil pan on the engine uh, all the way back, not, not all the way back to the bumper, but very, very far back. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. And I'm thinking that it would be a wonderful place for a Jeep, big Jeep Talk Show sticker on the outside chance that it rolled over.
0: I'm thinking that your uh, FedEx or UPS driver is just going to say, "You know what? Screw you! Yes. I'm not dropping this god dang thing off." It probably comes in three boxes and weighs about a thousand pounds. Looking at the looking at this thing, it's an amazing oh, system, isn't Tony. It yeah, nice. I mean it's yeah. It, that is that is one heck of a skid plate system. Uh, and and I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, man, that would do the trick, all right. But jeez, uh, man, talk about and, and do you the see there?
2: They talk about it's bolt on. And it takes about an hour to install in That's your it? driveway. Yeah, I mean, it may it? say two hours. I haven't drooled over the web page in a while now. Yeah, but uh, it's all wow. bolt on. So it, it and it's so no nice weld. and tight and no no welding. It's so nice and tight and uh, actually there's no welding. You've seen their uh, their short bed for the Gladiator, haven't you? Mm, Talking about the departure no. angle, you can actually replace the bed on your Gladiator and you. Uh, there's no welding. You just uh, you need a sawzall or something or to cut off wheel to cut down the frame, but it, the, the bed bolts right onto the gladiator, and now your departure angle is, uh, is much, much better. Yeah, five grand for that uh, for that bed system. I, I sent it to Chuck because you know he was looking at uh, gladiators, and I said, Chuck, you know you could do this. <laughs> <laughs> there is always that. <laughs> it's like uh, being a druggie, but, and you're telling your drug your drug
0: friend, you know, hey. There look it at is, this. <laughs> Moto Moto built bobbed replacement bed kit, bare steel. Four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents and as low as four hundred and fifty two dollars a month with a firm there yeah, you go yep yep. <laughs> it, it is really if you guys haven't
2: seen that uh go check out the the MotoBuilt, uh instagram and and whatnot it It is really just amazing uh, beautiful design
1: yeah, I actually started looking at uh, totaled gladiators today at lunch i I gave myself a little extended lunch time so I can uh, uh just look at stuff and there was there were some gladiators that w- had been rear-ended, and they're calling them totaled. Which all any Jeeper knows that that who cares. And I started looking right. at if I buy this totaled gladiator for, you know, fifty cents on the dollar, I can just change the bed to a bobbed bed and have a nice gladiator that I can start which, modifying it. Well, this is so a perfect situation a, for you. It's gonna have, yeah, it's gonna have a salvage title, but I don't care. It's right. not like I'm going to resell it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, who gives a shit? You know, it's a Jeep. You know. Chuck, would you would you go with the with the five thousand dollar bobbed bed or would you
0: make your own flatbed?
1: Uh I'd probably make my own flatbed just because yeah. you know I, I've got an aluminum welder and everything and I can just make an aluminum, you know, flatbed. And it kind of maybe do something cool like some ranch thingy on it, but still make it. Because I'm really interested in the gladiator because um you know I have a rooftop tent. I bought that for my wife in our anniversary two years ago but they don't make a rooftop rack for a scrambler. So I have all the stuff to make it, but no time. And Mm. it's getting to the part of my life where I need to start enjoying it. You know, both my wife and I were, you know, we're past the halfway point, you know, so it's uh, Hey Chuck, maybe, maybe splurge a little bit. You know, Tony and I've talked about it like, Hey, you know, it's okay. You can splurge a little bit and buy something that I don't have to work so hard to get it to make it. You know, maybe buy something that, you know, I, I probably won't do a brand new one, but buy a, a wrecked one, buy a totaled one, make a bed, make something, or even buy a bobbed bed, and then I can put this rooftop tent on it and pull the scrambler and go have fun with my wife, you know, just oh, there you go. Quit making mean, life so damn difficult. Yeah, you, know? you could
2: use the Gladiator as a tow rig and a uh, camping rig and an off-road rig. I mean, it's it's just beautiful what you can right. do with a Jeep truck.
0: Well, there's a chance that that... That yep. Chuck here is going to buy a Gladiator to tow a Jeep with well after a year after Tony got his Jeep to tow a Jeep with. And there's a chance that Chuck is going to tow a Jeep <laughs> with his Gladiator before Tony tows a Jeep oh, with yeah, his.
2: But how many acres does, uh, does Chuck have? <laughs> how many acres does Tony Except, have? So I don't have any place to put a trailer and that's what, yeah, I, what I need. I thought you were flat-towing that. Uh, no, I told you, I'm not going to oh, do cause that. Oh, because that's
0: right. You can't do that with the Atlas without removing the driveline.
2: Yeah, so. the drive line, with And that. also, too, it, it puts a lot of stress on the uh, uh, wheel bearing uh, assemblies and blah, 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 blah. The, and, and, you know, the, the whole, it's just better to put it on a trailer because if something breaks, now you just have to get it back on the trailer. And then it sits on the trailer until you get around to fixing it.
1: You know, Tony, what I did for my very first tow, um, tow Jeep was my 59 Willys CJ5. And uh, they have, you know, the, the uh, I put a Dana 30 on the front. It comes with like a Dana 25 or Dana 27 closed knuckle, which is, you know, you have the, the selectable hubs, you know, the Warren locking hubs in the front. You know, you can just disconnect your tires. But Warren used to make, they don't make them anymore, but Warren used to make for the offset Dana 44, a rear locking hub setup and what i did is i put that into my jeep and actually put the worn lock and hubs in the back also and then a, and then a, a tow bar and uh, cuz I, I didn't have money for you know a trailer or anything and i built the axles and we can do it so you can actually unlock all four wheels and then tow it and it turns it into a trailer none of your axles spin none of your gears spin nothing spins it's literally just the tires because it turns that rear axle into what's calling a full floating axle, which yeah. is anything like three quarter ton or one ton, you know, that's a full floating setup. And for whatever reason, Warren quit making them. And I was actually going to do that for my son, my, my son, Josh's is deep. Cause he's got a offset 44 and, uh, we cannot do it. cannot find the parts anymore. And if Warren made that for a lot of these, um, Newer Jeeps, I bet you they'd sell like hotcakes. Oh, I don't doubt because I'd I'd put it on mine. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was the coolest setup. And and what was nice is, you know the the chances of breaking an axle on a full floating axle setup is very very low because your axles are actually there's no weight on the axle itself. It's just the 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 um the the torsion you know strength mm-hmm. of the whatever vehicle that you, you know, that it's on. So, you never really break an axle. You just break a locking hub. So, you just carry an extra locking hub. So, if you ever break anything, you just change the hub and you keep going, you know, but they yeah. quit making it, damn it, because it
2: was so damn good. All those uh, all those manual overrides are, are nice. Uh, it takes a little more knowledge. You got to know how things go together. It makes it a little more difficult for people yep. that weren't involved in it you know like family members to to handle it all, and they look at you like uh their their whole their eyes glaze over when you start talking to them about just dual uh transfer case shifts uh shifters it's just like don't touch those and you'll be okay but if if for some reason you hit it with your knee or whatever you need to know where it where it belongs because you can literally put this thing in neutral mm-hmm. and you're not going to go anywhere <laughs> mm-hmm. another neutral you have more than more than one neutral so uh yeah it's uh, it's really cool yes, you do. yeah it's really cool but you, you got to know how it all goes together
0: well jeeper i kind of got a little sidetracked there but if you have anything to add to tech talk to this segment or maybe you have a question for tech talk for a future jeep talk show episode just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact send us a message who knows you may be hearing a topic that you've uh, recommended to us on the next show
2: Hey, coming up this week on Thweez Day. I'm so sure I'm supposed to pause there. Go ahead, Josh.
0: Thweez Day. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Episode 685, Mike Hallmark with HellwigProducts.com. And as I mentioned last time, uh, they make more than this, but I thought this was so cool. It actually, They actually make a leaf spring repair kit. And yeah, uh, anybody so cool. with a late leaf spring Jeep needs one of these and of course it's not just jeeps that uh, have leaf springs and they come in different sizes so it'll fit uh, whatever size leaf spring you have so check that out hellwoodproducts.com
0: in the meantime jeeper head over to jeeptalkshow.com contact check out our newsletter well you'll go check out a link that you can sign up for that newsletter at least and in that newsletter you're going to find all kinds of great stuff we pack it full of information so that you have the best chance of winning some of the stuff we're giving away here on the show. Also, getting up to speed as far as what the Jeep Talk Show is doing and when. Who we're talking to, what we're giving away, all that kind of good stuff. It's all in the newsletter, and it's free. All you got to do is sign up. And in that, you're going to find the information that you can use to uh, join us for a Tuesday roundtable episode as we record an episode of the Jeep Talk Show live with you, the listener. It all happens through the newsletter, and it all happens with you going to jeeptalkshow.com contact. We'll see you there today. That's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now. Jeeper until our next show. Here to set a reminder to join us next Tuesday for a roundtable episode of the Jeep Talk Show. As always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Making their way the only way they know how. (laughs) That's just a little bit more than the law would allow. Broadcasting
2: since 2010.